All right, good people, welcome back. This is Black Box episode. I really honestly don't know what episode number show. Episode DC, baby. Yeah, this is episode Eric Crocker. I am joined by my partner in crime, Jordan Richards, at your boy J Rich on Twitter. And I just want to let y'all know we had an opportunity to interview Eric Crocker. At, at Eric underscore Crocker, Big Crocky on Twitter, former NFL and AFL cornerback. He is a host of the Locked On 49ers podcast and a new host of the Locked On NFL Draft. And I just want to let everybody know that in this episode, um, there is some not safe for work language. So if you're going to listen to the show with kids in the car, you're going to listen to it on your job without headphones in. Make sure the little ones aren't around and your headphones are, are in. Uh, wasn't a ton of stuff, but there were a couple of times where, uh, you know, the spirit of the conversation and the authenticity of the show, um, some not so choice words were used from myself along with EC, and that's just that's just how we talk. But I'm just giving y'all a little disclaimer. Jordan, wh- what did you think about Eric in the interview that we had with him? Because I, for one, um, I-, I just was very impressed with just his intestinal fortitude, his perseverance, um, the way that he battled through adversity, the not-so-traditional path to him um, becoming an entrepreneur, becoming an NFL cornerback. It was just really like, man, you know, we talk about taking advantage of opportunities. I, I think about the opportunities that we have and how much we need to appreciate those. And I think a lot of people will hear his story and be like, yo, if he can go through all of that and still have such a positive aura about him because he is very positive on Twitter and very humble uh, to be in a space full of nerds and dorks like myself and you, you know, just talk <laughs> fantasy and data and all of this and to have that experience and just be so humble about it. I just, I really enjoyed the interview, man. Yeah. Like I think, like you said, right. The biggest thing with Eric after talking to him for me was he talked so much about his struggles The amount of times he said, I wasn't in shape or I didn't have the time for this. I didn't have the time for that. But he also said he never made excuses. No matter what came up, I got to be there for this. I got to be there for that. I got to make sure I make the most of all my opportunities. And that was the biggest thing is that no matter what you're faced with in life, if there's one thing you take away from this interview more than anything is that regardless of what it throws at you, one, you can handle it. Two, make the most of it the best way possible. It's easy to say that, oh, well, if things went this way, I'd, I'd be further along. Or if, if these things broke a certain way, I'd be better off. Or if I had this life and didn't have these struggles, Eric never said any of that. He, he took everything that he had in stride and he made the most of his opportunities. And that's what led him not to one point in his life, but he keeps pushing every day to get further and further in life. And you see that with his success across all all phases from the NFL Draft podcast, Lockdown 49ers, his business, his entrepreneurial spirit. It all comes out in this interview and it's just super, super humbling to hear someone talk about all the things they went through and how far they've gotten from those opportunities. And as you guys listen to his story, a lot of it, you know, I'm just I'm just letting y'all know a lot of it is a lot of things that he didn't do, a lot of things that a lot of trials, a lot of bad shit, you know what I mean, for for lack of a better word. But there was so much, there's so many hidden nuggets in this. And again, just the spirit and the attitude. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I know there were a couple of questions you didn't get to ask, and I think it will set up uh, really well. So what are just a couple of things so we can get into the show, a couple of things that you wish you had a chance to ask him and you want people to think about as they go through listening to this interview. 
The biggest thing I think that I wish I could have asked him was he talked about how NFL players are elite, but then there's also NFL players that he said, to quote him, are like me and you. But I sit back and I think, well, me and you are a little different. So yeah. what's the difference between you and these NFL players? You got that close. I'm not trying to spoil the show, but he got that close. So what is it that is the difference between you and these guys that make it 9, 10, 15 years in the league? I would love to know that because to me, he has everything that he needs, but maybe a few things in life didn't quite break the right way for him. And in some ways, some things really did break his way. So it's just, if in his opinion, what is that difference and how could he have done things a little bit differently to get to that, you know, nine, 10 year career, if it was even possible based off where he came from and everything that he had to go through. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really insightful interview. I uh, hope you guys enjoy, uh, Mr. Crocker at underscore at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, big Crocky. Make sure you check him out. Check out his Patreon locked on 49ers locked on NFL draft Stockton, California, the pride of Stockton, California, Croc Talk, YouTube, Croc Talk TV. Make sure you check him out. Let's get into it, man. Eric Crocker, holla at us. Show's already started. Um, oh, let's do it. Yeah, it's it's free flowing, man. You know, with this with Black Box, man, we just um, uh, it's evolved, man. Because at one point it was just me and Jay just talking about whatever we wanted to, and then last week the show with Jesse just kind of sparked an idea like we should just bring on different people um in the space in the industry that that a lot of people have respect for, that a lot of people probably want to hear you know, your story or their story or just who the hell you are, how you got to where you got to. And um, you you bring a, a completely different perspective, bro, because you got to play the game at the highest level. I, I don't care if it was for 10 years or for 10 minutes. I mean, you've accomplished something that less than 1% of people on the face of this planet could ever say they had an opportunity to do, you know? And that's, for me, man, I got I have a ton of respect for you before we really started to to link up. Like, I just would follow you, and, and I played defensive back in college, you know what I'm saying? I played, you know, DB in high school before playing DB was cool. That was just, you know, they just throw yeah. you out there, you know, back in the gap, and um, I, I didn't have nearly the level of success as you did. I, I had a couple of D1 offers, but I was a fucking knucklehead in high school, bro. Like, I'll never forget the day my mom cried because the Boise State coach called and was like, I got into some trouble and was just like, yo... If you got other offers, you know, you might want to take those. And uh, luckily, the position coach at Boise knew this, this coach at this D2 school and ended up giving me some money. But I, I never – I didn't have no shot at, at the league, bro. Like, I was, a, I, was a, I was decent in college, but I knew that, like, my limit was, like, was there, right? I didn't have yeah. the height. I didn't have the speed. But you got to make it, bro. So just, like – for everybody out there, and, and I'll do the introductions after this, like I, I'm going to have you laced up real tight, but I just really want this to just be natural conversation. Just who are you, dog? Like, how did you get into this space? Why are you on Twitter? Like, who is Eric Crocker, bro? Yeah, so, that, I mean, you know, obviously, like, that's a loaded question, and we'll we'll dive into all that. But I think just in general, man, like, just, a, a, you know, who I am 
is I'm you. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm everybody on Twitter. Like, you know, I'm a dude that is, you know, extremely passionate about football. I just so happen to be able to make it to the highest level. But I mean, you know, I'm I'm just somebody that was a you know a fan, a fan of the game, a fan of football, a fan of sports, and really a fan of the process of life. And I think, you know, uh as we kind of talk about things and we kind of dig deep, you'll you'll kind of figure out what I'm talking about, some of the adversities and things I had to kind of go through growing up as a kid yeah. and and all the all the way through. Yeah. So you live in uh you live in California right now, right? You're West Coast dude. You you from the West or you just ended up residing out there? You moved out there or are you actually from the West? No, so actually I live in Arkansas. Okay, but I'm from live- but I am I am I am as West Coast as it gets. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Stockton, <laughs> California. Uh you know, born and raised Stockton, California. Uh so yeah, but yeah, no, I live in Arkansas. You live in Monticello. Arkansas. You live in yeah. Arkansas. And we're gonna get into that because 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 I'm telling you, like, we're gonna get into that. Just, okay, just remember, okay. remember that, and then and then we're gonna get into some stuff. Duly yeah. noted, duly noted. Well, let's 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 just talk about the game, bro. Because um, you know, I, I sit back just like you, and, and we're on Twitter all day, every day. And, you know, we see all types of people from all different walks of life uh, talking about the game, expressing their opinions on the game. Uh, do you feel like when you're watching that, man, like in you seem, in my opinion, and Jordan, please chime in, to be somebody that played in the league, to be somebody that played at the highest level, like you're one of the most humble people, bro. I don't ever hear, I don't ever see you big time in yep. other people. I don't ever see you telling people they don't know what the hell they're talking about, like I've seen you have discourse and disagree. Like, hey, I disagree. I don't think Jamar Chase is a generational talent. But I've never seen you. I don't. But but I've seen you do that. But I've never seen you big time anybody and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You never played the game. You didn't play in the NFL. You didn't play to the level that I played. How are you going to like, I've never seen you do that. So just how how is it for you as somebody who did achieve something that none of us will ever do to sit back and watch all these armchair scouts, armchair quarterbacks like myself, like Jordan, kind of talk about our thoughts and our processes. And, you know, I'm just picking on you, Jay. But just when yeah. you see that, man, like, do you feel like, like, bro, what the hell are these people talking about? Or is it just kind of like everybody's got their own vibe, whatever, I don't really care, I'm just doing my thing? Yeah, you know, I mean, when I first hopped on Twitter and, I mean, I just happened to kind of end up in this space, you feel me? But to me, it's, Everybody has an opinion, like including me. And I've been right sometimes. I've been wrong sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I do my best to articulate what I'm seeing and talk about why. So a lot of times I tell people like, you know, and we can disagree, but if you can show me that I'm wrong, like I'm all for it. And again, there's times where I'm going to be wrong. So, you know, I just look at it like at the end of the day, man, we all got a voice and, and, and that's what Twitter is for. So uh, like them, I'm a, I'm a fan of the game. Again, I just, I know I have NFL attached to my name, but I never looked at me as that. Like, that's not what really defined me. Like, I'm more of a fan of the game than anything else. So when I'm talking to people on social media, in my eyes, they are a lot like me. Now, I know I bring a different perspective on things, you know, because of my playing days and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, we all got opinion, man. We all see things differently. And I'm all for just having that conversation. The thing that kills me is when people like, like, like some of the, like I got called like gay 
because I, I didn't think that uh, Jamar Chase was a, uh, a generational talent. Or I, I got called like, or I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, all kind of wild stuff because I didn't have Patrick Peterson as the number one corner. I mean, Patrick uh, Sertain as the number one corner in the class. So I get called all kind of crazy names. And those days I, I've learned to kind of just like, like you kind of just got to tune those people out because I think that comes with the territory. And uh, Ray, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, as your following grows, you just come across some people that just say some wild things to you. And I'm the type of person like, like 100%, like if you said this to me in person, like we gonna duke it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's the hardest part, just knowing how I am, you feel me? And if people really knew, they'd be like, okay, maybe I should just chill out. But because I'm really like that, and like in real life, it's, it's been hard to like turn that switch off in the sense yeah. of like, you can't be combative just because yeah. somebody says something crazy to you on social media. So now I'll just laugh or whatever. Then I just yeah. mute them or something. I try not to block people, but I'll just mute them or whatever. But uh, that, yeah. So I know it's a long winded way of saying like, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm regular, even though I have a different perspective. Yeah. Right? But like, Eric, you ain't though. Like you ain't regular. Like, <laughs> Think about that for a second. When you say, oh, I'm just a fan, I'm like, no, bro. Like, I am a fan. Like, I am a fan. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't do nothing. I am a fan. When I when I see some of the things that you do when you put out there, Croc Talk TV, you know, the school of coverages, I could listen to you talk coverage all day long. Like, all day long. Because, again, you are not a fan. You, you learn this in knowledge of coverage and, and wide receivers and cornerbacks, and you use it every day and you've turned it now into this this little business and you're making it bigger and bigger and bigger and obviously you have your performance institute but to call yourself just a fan it shows me just how humble you are and we do see that every day but it's funny as well you mentioned the haters right ray and i talk about this all the time because you know he, he may hit me up be like yo can you believe what this guy said to me he's like he'd never say that in person never because if he said right. that in person he'd be in need of an ambulance he need emt <laughs> you know like all this stuff right so it's just funny to see that kind of stuff because it's it's something that even for me, like every now and then someone may say something to me, but it's so hard just to tune it out. But you have to. You you have no yeah. choice because there is no there is no benefit in responding for both of you guys. 20K well, plus, also, they're all uh, – yeah, yeah, go. Uh, well, also, too, you never know who's watching. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's the other yeah. aspect of it, you know, and, yes. you know, what opportunities might come from it. So, again, like yes. because of – how I am, like, like to me, I'm I'm just a nigga from Stockton, California. You know what I'm saying? But now I've kind of gotten into this different uh, uh, space that I never intended to be in. Like, it wasn't like I just was like, "Hey, I'm going to talk about football all the time, and I'm going to get paid to talk about football." Like, that was never like a goal. Like, I didn't go to school for anything like this. You know what I'm saying? Like. So yeah. I went to be, I went to school to be a PE teacher. So, you know, like, you know, so I don't know. I just look, I, I've had to really learn and kind of teach myself over really the, the course of the last few years of how to start being more professional and starting how to conduct myself in a certain way um, to not use certain language on social media, to yeah. not use certain language on my oh. YouTubes. Uh, you know, and just kind of like show like, you know, you know, okay, this is a professional person, you know, from that aspect. Cause again, you, you just, you never know who's watching. And even just the opportunities that I've had now, like to 
host the Locked On 49ers show, the, the number one football show on the Locked On Network, to, to, to now host the draft one. And like yes. when I hear the other names that they were considering, you know what I'm saying? Lance Zerline, you know what I'm just other, other names. Like, you know, yeah. and it's just like, you know, now it's, if I would, if I would speak on social media how I really want to, I would not have these opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, it's, for it's, real. It's, Me and Ray been talking about that a lot. We we talk about it a lot. And it, it's funny. It's We both, it was about two and a half weeks ago. And we both said, yeah. like, there's some stuff went down. And we were like, yo, this could be us. Like, we could be in this predicament. And we literally told each other, we got to watch out for each other. There have been times mm. where Jordan has, has tweeted something and I'd hit him up in the oh, background yeah. and be like, yo, take that down. We just don't want that kind of heat. We don't want that type of smoke. And it's, it's you want friends and people around you that are going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. A lot of people want to tell you you're great, everything is good, everything you're doing is perfect, but a real one is going to tell you, yo, you fucking up. Like a real one is going to tell you like, this ain't the way that we want to do this. And I'm like you, Eric, like, Bro, I didn't, I never, I did not go to school to be like, I got a, I, I podcast, dude. Like I, I got a nice ass house <laughs> and then I like, I had to have a dedicated space with cameras and lights and all of this stuff. I sit here and talk about shit on YouTube, but it's become business. And at this yep. point in my life, it's about business. Like a lot in, that's what. It's I'm still learning, bro. Like because sometimes I do kind of like not as much lately, but in the past I would go back and forth with people on Twitter. But it, it does me no good, man. Like it, it's not contributing to my bottom line. And at this point, I don't want to do anything that's gonna mess up the bag, bro. Anything that's gonna mess up my chatter, my paper, Jordan's paper, and you know it's good right now. Like life is like. It's good. And I'm not about yeah. to let any idiot on Twitter, social media, fuck up the bag. Like, it's just not going to happen, you know? And, right. And much like you, I grew up in North Las Vegas, bro. North Las Vegas, Clark County School District, one of the worst school districts in the United States of America back when I was in high school, bro. Like, there's stuff that I hear and see that just, it wouldn't fly back in the day. Like, it wouldn't, right. like, and and I've grown as 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 a husband, as a father, I'm I'm not out here just trying to scrap everybody, but there's certain levels of disrespect that's gonna get you slapped <laughs> in the face. Like that's just what it is, and I see. And a lot I of feel that like is too is, is a lot of it is too because I feel like as a parent, you know, you teach you teach your kids and stuff how to handle situations or how people should treat you. So like, you know, I never want a result of violence because I I don't want my kids growing up thinking that that's the only way to resolve a problem, but also. You, you don't accept a certain level of disrespect. That's right. You know That's what I'm right. saying? And so my kids know there's a few people that dad had to beat up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like... <laughs> Damn. But, yeah. but but what they know, though, is dad dad's always... He always going to be there to protect us. Yep. Dad is always going to, you know, stand up for himself and stand up for us. So... Well, you let's know, talk as, about, as I get older, you know, you, I mean, come on, bro. I'm 34 years old, bro. I shouldn't be fighting. Yeah. But, All you know, right. just my, my kids know, though, you know, yeah. and well, I want them to protect themselves. You know, you, you have to be able to, you know, my son, he's, he's a freshman in high school and I live in Monticello, Arkansas, Southeast Arkansas, where, you know, I'm, I'm in the sticks. We, you know, we just moved out here a year ago. 
And, you know, people talking to you crazy, you got you to gotta know how to defend yourself. Like, don't stand up for that. But I also tell them, you just make an example out of one, and then you won't have to deal with it again. So, you <laughs> know, there's that aspect of it, too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your background, man, and your, and your upbringing and just where you grew up, um, how, you, how you came in contact with the game of football, and just sort of your career path. Because it wasn't the traditional one, right? Like, you just didn't go to a four-year school and then get drafted or something. Like, you had, to, you had to get it out the mud to get your opportunity to play at the highest level. And uh, I saw you tweet something the other day about adversity and... A lot of people, man, you know, a lot of people, everybody has, everybody has a story. Everybody. I don't care where you came from. You could have come from the poorest of the poor, the ghettoest of the ghetto or the highest of high. Everyone has a story, but every story is different, right? And what I tell people all the time, I don't take, I don't take pride in some of the things that I saw growing up, some of the things that I've done growing up, but that is who I am for right or wrong. Like some of the things that I've seen, some of the things I've done that shaped me to be the man that I am today. And I don't I don't flaunt that like it's cool or anything because it's not cool. Like some of the things that I saw and went through, it's not cool. And I would never want my kids to go through that. And I ne would never want other people to go through that. Um, but it has shaped me today of, of who I am and why I have the tenacity that I do, why I just won't be outworked by anybody. So just give us your story because I don't know it, man. Like what's your story of 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 coming in contact with the game of football, falling in love with the game, and you know you being the the thirty four year old man that you are today. Yeah, so you know in the tweet, and we were talking about J T. Daniels, right? Like I was watching them pregame of uh, the you know college football and all that, and J T. Daniels like I'm I'm listening to a story, and he's like, man, like you know, for the first time in his life, he had to deal with adversity in college, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's the first time you've had to, like, kind of either check yourself or challenge yourself or go through something. And my tweet was kind of pertaining to me. I mean, at nine years old, my mom, you know what I'm saying? She she comes, she called me in the room with, her, with my grandma. And my mom is like, hey, you know, by the way, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, Uncle Mike's not your uncle. He's your dad. Right. And I'm like, Damn. you know, at nine years old. So, you know, my first thing was, does that mean that BJ and Jay aren't my brother and sisters? You know, you, you, I'm a kid, bro, like nine years old. And she's like, no, 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 they are. Like, you know, they are. Like, you know. So um, it, it caused, like, kind of this level of, like, not, not really understanding or, like, confusion. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But then... Uh, the more I kind of just went through that, it was just like, you you can't control any of this. You feel me? You you just, you can't control it. It is what it is. So from that moment, I've taken on this persona, not even a persona, but I've taken on just the mindset that if something's out of your control, it is what it is and you just got to pivot. So that's what I do 100% of the time. You'll never see me complain. You'll never see me, oh, poor me about any situation, all you'll see is me try to figure out, all right, well, what do I do now? 100% of the time, right? And my wife, it helps her because she's like, she gets way more like high strung. With me, I'm just <laughs> like, all right, well, we just, you know, yeah. I do this or whatever. All right, so, you know, that was at a young age. And I mean, that's just a small part of the adversity. I mean, there's been other times like, you know, being young and just like 
legit like trying to figure out like, man, looking at my brother, like, bro, what are we going to eat? Uh, you know what I'm saying? And and that's a different thing to kind of go through. My mom, I mean, she worked hard for us, but she was commuting because, uh, you know, some of my life, my childhood, I lived in San Jose, California, but I, I'm, I'm from Stockton, lived most of my childhood in Stockton. But my mom would commute from Stockton to San Jose, which is an hour and a half drive. And it, especially like during uh, the commuting hours, we're talking about her waking up at 4 a.m. To, to leave and then not getting back till eight at night. So between 4 a.m. and 8, like, we're, it's just us. And we got to fend for ourselves and we got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and there be times where, like, I was so hungry, I threw up. And I didn't even know what it was until I got to, uh, wow. like, high school and was taking biology. Damn. And I learned, like, if you don't eat or something, there's, like, this acid you could throw up and it'll burn a hole in the carpet, which it did. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so those were just different adversities I went through. I mean, having a, a shirt going to school with a shirt on. And then like the next day, like, dang, I don't got no clean clothes. I don't know. And then I got to just turn the shirt inside out. You feel me? Like, yeah. and um, so that's kind of yeah. like my childhood, but like, it wasn't always like that. It started to get better as I got to like middle school, high school and stuff. But um, as far as like football and maybe this kind of made me tough for football. It was like, like it was just me and my brother, like, and, and, and we would go out and we're playing against the kids in the neighborhood. And we got so good together that they wouldn't even let us be on the same team together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, nah, the no, Crocker boys, not. Nah, they got to be on separate teams. And, you know, I always played up. My brother's four years older than me. So I would always play with his, you know, big, uh, his homies and stuff like that. And we would play like smear the uh smear the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we can't we can't use that anymore, but yeah, I know the game <laughs> you're talking about. It's, so we it, would, listen, listen, just for everybody out there, we used to play cowboys and Indians. We don't do that either. They, we don't there's some things that we played back in the day that are not acceptable today. We did not know any better. This was twenty five years ago. Go ahead. Yeah, so we you know, we played smear the you know what yeah. and um I just think that just like brought this level of toughness to me, being a smaller kid trying to play up and just, you know, fighting for yards or whatever it was. Then we played 21, right, yep. on, on the basketball court. And, you know, yeah. I'm smaller than all the other dudes, but I got to figure it out or I'm not going to win, right? Like I got to figure out how to get these rebounds. Like I got to play defense. Like I got to box out. I got to, you know, do, I got to score. Dang, I'm shorter than everybody. How I do? Man, I saw Iverson do this floater. So I'm over there on the uh, uh, crossover <laughs> floater. You feel me? Heck, heck a little. Like, and um, so I love sports, man. And, and the only real, like, I'd say legit positive, positive influence I had was probably my uncle who, um, I mean, he was recruited by a ton of colleges in the nation. Showed me letters from like Herm Edwards and everything. And, but he messed up with grades. He ended up going to like a D3 school. Then I had my brother who was one of the top corners in the state um, and uh, still holds a record at his uh, high school for most interceptions in the year. But he flunked out of high school after his senior year, never really got back on track. And then you get me, I get to high school and I follow that same path of struggling academically, loving to play the sport of football, but, oh, well, He's ineligible. Like, dang, got to miss the last five games of my junior year. Come back senior year. Okay, I'm about to ball. Go to a camp. We're going to tournaments. Like, I got MVP of the SoCal Championship. Like, I mean, I'm balling. Oh, no, look look at this great here. Can't play first five games of the senior year. You know what I'm saying? So I missed, I missed the 
the last five of my junior and the first five of my senior. So now I go to, I go, okay, I got to go to junior college route. And, you know, the crazy thing with me growing up is I felt like I was tight, right? Like I felt like, nah, I'm a baller. But I didn't really play Pop Warner like that. You know what I'm saying? I played one year in the sixth grade. That was it. Um, didn't really have the high school success that a lot of other people have, like, you know, balling Friday night, scoring touchdowns, all that yeah. stuff. Like, I didn't have that because I didn't play enough games. And then I go to junior college and, you know, uh, I start probably half the games. You know, I make some plays, interception, all that. Uh, but then the grades bit me again and I wasn't prepared to be on my own with that type of responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, girls and stuff and all that. And next thing you know, you know, I get someone pregnant. Boom. You know what I'm saying? 19 years old. And um, so I end up actually being out of school for the next three years. So for three years, I just was wow. not playing football. I did all kind of crazy stuff. I was working, uh, you know, random stores, uh, working uh, warehouses and stuff. It, it got to the point where I'm like, man. Gotta figure something else out. So me and my best friend, my brother, and I mean, we'll be together next weekend out there in New York, but we start robbing stores and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like just all kind of crazy stuff because we don't really have the guidance. And I got a young son, and it's like, well, I gotta support, I gotta pay for this and that, you know what I'm saying? So I gotta get it however I can. And I remember um my my uh my baby mama's dad one day when when we told when we told him that you know she was pregnant, he was like, Man, how are you going to take care of a kid? You can't even take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? And that always stuck to me like that. Oh, he's a Puerto Rican man. You know, he just, you know, he got that temper too. Like, yeah. but that always, that always stuck with me, man. And as I'm going through, you know, and I'm just drifting just down a bad path. And it got to the point and I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I was like, I need to go stay with my grandparents in San Jose, try to get back on my feet. You know what I'm saying? And um, then eventually my best friend, I mean, you know, he, he got caught up. You know what I'm saying? And he ended up doing two years in jail. Um, but when he got out, he's like, man, man, E, we, we need to be playing football. And I'm like, man, you think we can go back, bro? You don't think we too old? We're 21 years old now. He's like, nah, man, like, let's do it. So 21 years old, boom, we went back to junior college. And uh, I ended up balling <laughs> and got my grades right to be able to play. And uh, next thing you know, I'm getting a bunch of offers. And like that's crazy because I had never been recruited because I my academics yeah. was so messed up in high school. Yeah. So now I'm getting recruited and stuff. And uh, you know, I can't go D1s are coming. Oh man, like six two corner, six two, one eighty-five, you know, that year. They're like, oh, his his time clock messed up, like we can't touch him. But the D2s was like, shoot, we could touch yeah, him. We like, can touch him. That, yeah, they don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> so the D2s came and um I ended up uh, committing to University of Arkansas Monticello, a Division II school. So uh, that's how I that's how I originally ended up in in uh, Arkansas the first time, and that was tough, man. I mean, we're talking about big time culture shock, going from a place where Stockton, California, is literally the most diverse city in the United States, and going from that to Monticello, Arkansas, where you're either white or you're black, and Wow. Just seeing it, just a totally different dynamic, not being in the city. like, And it, it was tough. Like Even that transition was tough. But senior year, turned it around, ended up having a great time. Uh, and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm, if you guys have other questions, but... Uh, God, you it's know. your show, man. I mean... Yeah. We, so we I just, just, you just yeah, start, baby. Going. Yeah, you just yeah, go, so, man. 
so I ended up playing my senior year and I and, and I went through some adversity there. Like beginning of my senior year, we 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 come out, we start off two and oh, boom. Third game, we come out and we lose, right? And uh the our coach, like we in the meeting, we come into the meetings after the loss, and I look on the board and I'm just not starting, right? And I'm confused, I'm senior captain. Everything like I ain't. I think I gave up one catch in three games or two catches in three games, right? I don't know what the heck is going on, and so then we so then we sit down and they just start like drilling me, kind of right, like like. And remember, at this time, remember I was older when I got there. Yeah. So at this time, I'm like 23 years old or something, 24. So no, I'm I'm a grown man. Like I'm not one of these little kids. So you know, they come in and they're just like, oh, circling me. Look at this. Look at this. And I'm like. All right, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bite. Like, coach, what do you want me to do better right here? Right. He was like, Crocker, if you don't know what you should have done better, then you just a sorry case for a football player, right? Just like that. I mean, it's a whole defense there, and I was just like, I guess I'm sorry then. And another coach was like, Shut up, Croc, shut up, shut up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Shut up, like, bro, who are you talking to? Like, you can bring your fat ass outside right now. So I walked outside. I'm hot, right? And this is dread crocky, you know. I got the dreads and everything, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah, yeah. I'm hot, right? So I go outside and you know, he ain't coming. I'm like, man, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm going back to Cali, like F y'all. So hey, really a lot of it just came from like a misunderstanding. Cause I don't even know where any of this is coming from. But I felt like the way they tried me is like like yeah. I'm one of these freshmen or something. And um head coach called me, like, man, just you know, go in there, talk to the defensive coordinator, Coach Scott. And me and Coach Scott, I mean, we're cool to this day. Right. He he coaches at Central Arkansas right now, defensive back coach. Like I love dude. But this was all this big misunderstanding because of lack of communication. You know what I'm saying? Like I am, you know, I go in there and talk to him and he's just like, hey man, like the way the way that you've been carrying yourself, the way you've been practicing, like, you know, like I don't like it. I don't, and I'm like, well, coach, why didn't you just tell me? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you say, hey, Croc, the, the way you carry yourself is bad, yada, yada, yada. Like, I need you to turn up and practice, set a better example for the youngsters. And I'd be right. like, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it just boiled over. So I didn't end up starting the next game. The dude, the freshman that they replaced me with hurt his ankle in the first game against West Georgia, which the school, uh, who went to West Georgia? Uh, That's uh, the Malcolm Butler. Malcolm yeah, Butler. 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 Yeah. So, um, and he might have been there at that time. He might have been there. So, um, so, uh, yeah, I ended up starting, I turned up, I mean, I ended up getting all conference, everything. I balled for the rest of the year. But I, that's, again, more, more adversity as, yeah. as if I hadn't gone through enough adversity. And then, um, and I'll just kind of, I guess I'll just kind of tell what, and then you guys can start asking whatever questions y'all want. But so then from there, uh, after that year, my cousin who played in the NFL, we actually lived together when he, when he signed as an undrafted rookie for agent with the Chargers. Uh, this is in 2005. We were sharing a bedroom. You know what I'm saying? So he's my cousin, right? That's my dog, right? So um, we were sharing a bedroom, everything. He signed with the Chargers, so he left. Well, uh, somehow, some way, at this time, point in his life, like he ended up being director of play personnel in Arena Football League. And he was like, hey, man, like, yeah, I can't, I can't guarantee you make this team, but I can, I can give you an opportunity. Like, he was like, so if you don't have any NFL or CFL looks after – like, just holler at me. I'm like, cool. Like, I'm there. So as soon as the season ended, I just dropped my classes and, like, dipped back to California, <laughs> started training athletes. I mean, started training and everything. 
and um, got ready, man. I report and I'm like, damn, like, wait, this is the highest arena league level. Like it was the highest level. And everybody on my team was either like big schools or NFL. Like, you know, most of them play, some play years in the NFL. Like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't like, I'm like, damn, like, am I good enough? But I'm like, I know I'm a baller though, but I ain't never really had like that legit success at a high level. So, um, I ended up getting out there and I just, I just went all out, man. And next thing you know, I started, I started every single game my rookie year playing on ESPN, playing on NFL network. And, uh, like that was dope. And, uh, from there, like that was when the NFL, like how much money y'all made in arena league, how much money was arena league? Okay. Okay. So, so there's a, there's different. All right. All right. So back in the day, they used to make good money, like 80 to a hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. And then, the league actually went away in like 2008 and then came back in like 2009 or 2010 or something like that, right? And then when they came back, they were paying players like $500 a week. And that was going on. So when I first signed, which, you know, shoot, I mean, you guys know what I was doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when I first signed, I'm like, man, y'all pay me 500 a week and pay for my housing? Like, I'm good. Let's go. Like, and we... Flying to different places, like I get a little per diem, a little yeah. stipend, like let's go. So um, I wasn't tripping, but the OGs was like, nah, man, this ain't it. We finna hold out. I'm like, no, don't hold out yet. Like, I need my opportunity. Like, what y'all doing, man? And they end up holding out. So they held out and um, or they started to fix it before they even had to hold out. So we actually ended up getting like a thousand a week. Okay. Um, and then so I did that, and then when I got, but like if you were somebody with a name. Then you 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 could, you know, make more people getting paid under the table, all that stuff. So I don't want to get too many people in trouble, but I made much more when I got back from the Jets, like much more. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like three times as much per week. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it was much more beneficial then. But uh, you so don't me, make a lot of money, like. Let let me ask you this. So. You you balled out in the arena league. Did the NFL come calling, or did you like go to a open? Like, how did you get from arena league to the Jets? Right. So crazy, crazy, crazy story. So during during my during that arena league year, I ended up getting like a DUI, right? So I it was it was like a little bit lower level because I wasn't like drunk, but I was driving like with alcohol, but I was I wasn't above point oh eight or right. whatever it was, but I went to jail. Right. And I had to go to court. So, um, you know, you have a court date, like your court date is set out. Like it's not even like right away. Right. For right. what they say you got to do. But they told me like, and it was like right before I was supposed to leave back to Cali. It's like, oh, you got to do like a thousand hours of community service or some crazy, like a hundred hours of community service, pay $3,200 in fines and go to this class for a weekend. It was like a three day class thing. Like uh, I had to go to. And I'm like, man, shit, I'm going back to Cali. What they talking about? So I left. <laughs> like I said, went back to Cali. Probation officer called me, and you will. I'm, you're going to see how all this ties into with each other. Probation officer called me, and she like, you uh, went back to Cali. You're not supposed to leave Bear County. You're not where San Antonio is. You're not supposed to leave this county. Like, so I put a warrant out for your arrest. So I'm like, damn. Like, okay, I got yeah. a warrant out there in Texas. So I'm like, all right. I'm finna just head back. So I just hopped in the whip right then and there, just drove like 24 hours straight, straight to San Antonio, stayed at my homegirl Aubrey's house and um, until I got my own spot out there. 
And um, so I'm, so now this is how everything started coming together. So I'm kind of halfway training, but I'm not. Like, again, my rookie year, I ain't really make no money. Right? We're talking right. about 500 a week, and they pay for housing. So I got back out there, and they still pay for my housing. But now you know, I ain't making no money, so I got to go get a job. So I get a job at Macy's. Like, Macy's is hiring, right? So I'm working, like, I mean, damn, slaving, bro. Like, for like <laughs> $7.50 an hour at this time. This is 2012, damn. 2013. Like, slaving. And I'm just like, God damn, man, this is not it. Like, but I'm working it, and I'm finding, trying to find time to work out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, like, the season's going to come up in, like, the next two months, three months. Like, I got to get in some type of shape. But it was just like working in that back room eight hours a day, trying to pick up some extra, you know, shifts because I got to pay for my own stuff. And then also get my community service while coaching this little Pop Warner team, right? And then going to the class, I started doing everything I was supposed to do. And then um, so I'm doing all that, doing all that. And next thing I know, like um, my girl at the time, she wanted to stay, come stay out there. And I'm like, cool, that'll help. So I drive to Cali, come back. With her, right? Or I flew to Cali, driving back with her, get pulled over somewhere in Texas, right? They're like, oh, you got a warrant. Like, you got to go to jail. You got to go so to jail. So I'm like, yeah. damn. So I went to jail, like, for the night, like, four hours from where I stayed. Yeah. And um, she came and got me the next day after I saw the judge or whatever. And uh, so then I'm like, cool. At least this time, I have everything done. Like, I had everything, the classes, the, the money to pay for the thing, like, the community service. Everything was done. So that happened. I had to see a court or whatever, or judge. I went to, uh, I got my uh, community service. I got my community service and I just turned it into my probation officer, right? Now, this is the crazy part. So um, before I had my court date with them, right? I'm working out and I'm trying to get ready. Season about to come up. I have an agent, right? I went to a workout for the UFL back in California. When I first got back to California, I went to a workout for the UFL league. They were making 5000 a week. So I'm like, oh, I need that, right? So, so this this agent sees me and he's like, oh, you're Eric Crocker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Woo, woo. I'm trying to, you know, can I, can I sign you or whatever? And I'm like, cool. Like an agent? Like, what's me? Like, let's go. <laughs> so then I'm, t I'm hollering at him and he's like, you know, he's calling me. He's like, man, like, what did you do? Everybody in the arena league wants you. Everybody. And I'm like, wow. I don't care about the arena league. I can do that on my own. Like, I want to go to, like, you get me to the CFL. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Get me yeah. to the CFL. I ain't even thinking of NFL. Get me to the CFL. And he's like, oh, man, baby, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. Woo, woo. And I'm like, man, I'm over, I already crawled. Like, I bowled my rookie. I did my thing my rookie year. Like, can you get me to the CFL? And then um, one, of my, one of my boys, Devin Mays, D. Mays had an agent, and his agent was getting D. Mays. I mean, D. Mays was my backup. And his agent was getting him workouts in the CFL left and right. So I'm like, man, maybe I need to holler at D, D May's agent. So I call his agent, and his agent's like, oh, yeah, you know, such such told me you'd be calling. Like, um, you know, what, what what's your name? Eric Crocker? All right, let me look at, let me look at your uh, YouTuber. You got YouTube or something? So I sent him my YouTube highlight, still on there. Sent him my YouTube highlight. And he looking, he like, wait a minute. Ooh, okay. Hold on. And I think we got something here. And he was like, I'll call you back. I ain't hear from him for two weeks. I hear from him finally, and he's like, hey, what was your pro day numbers? I was like, I ain't do no pro day. I just went straight to the arena league. Like, I left school. I just did. And he was like, okay. Then a the week later, he hits me. Hey, BC Lions said they'll fly you into any workout that you want to go to. 
Damn. Like any workout, like they like, they love your film. They just need to get numbers on you. They'll fly you into any workout you want to go to, but you got to sign with me. Right. So I'm like, cool. I'll sign with you. Let's go. So, um, sign with him right then and there, fire my other agent, which is hard. Cause I'm such a nice guy. It was hard for me to fire somebody. And then, um, I, bro, I kid you not. Like this, this is, I put this on my mom, my, my kids, everything. Dude said, all right, let's go. So I faxed my paperwork over to him. Within two hours, he was like, hey, uh, Dallas Cowboys called. Like, they Damn. really like what, your film, and they want to see you put together a little workout video. And then right after that, like, hey, the Dolphins called. The Colts called. The Packers called. Like, all these days. I'm like, what is going on, bro? Like, what is going on? And um, next thing you know, he's like, hey, Saints called, and they want to fly you in in two days. So I'm out of shape, everything, bro. Like, I'm... <laughs> Like, you know, I ain't in great shape, but it's like, bro, I can't turn this down. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know if I'm going to ever have this opportunity again. Yeah. So Saints flew me in. This is February 2013. You guys know what's going on February 2013. Yeah, I, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a sneaky suspicion who the defensive coordinator was for the Saints around that time. So the damn 49ers were in New Orleans. For the Super Bowl. I'm for Super Bowl. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Damn. So I'm so I fly in and I'm in the 49 locker room taking pictures, like, oh crab trees, jersey. Oh man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting down, I eat with them and stuff. I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go. I have my workout with uh Chad Jones. Was it Chad Jones? Ch the safe Chad Chad Jones from LSU. LSU. So it I was know, just I, me I and know his, him. I know his brother is my frat brother. His brother was an all-conference DN at LSU. So I know Chad. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so this is after his, you know, his leg. This is his first workout since the whole accident and everything. Yeah. So I'm looking like, oh, I'm looking way colder than him. I mean, I'm killing it. I ran that 40 or 47. They said, oh, we can't sign you. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, it was like, Hold on, Croc. I was not you? prepared. Like, I you, wasn't... I wasn't prepared. And I'm not just somebody that's just like yeah. a natural blazer. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't wake up fast. Like, I, yeah. I got to work out and train to be fast. So I ran a 4.7 and do said, uh, well, you didn't run a good 40, but you killed the drills. So look, this is what we'll do. We'll offer you a rookie minicamp spot. And regardless of the numbers, if you go to rookie minicamp and you yep. ball out, we'll sign you. I'm like, Rookie minicamp, like the Saints want to sign me, like let's go, like you know what I'm yeah. saying. So um, as soon as I land back in San Antonio, the Philadelphia Eagles call. My agent hit me. He said, "Hey, you got to turn around. You got to go to California. Go work on your 40 yard dash. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles want to bring you in next week." So I flew to Cali, um, trained literally for three days for only three hours on my 40 yard dash. All right, wow. one hour each day. And just on my start, just on my my start. Yeah. Flew to Philly, ran a, a four five three or four five four. Wow. Right. And all just off working on my start. And they were like, uh, man, like, you're just too out of shape. And I'm like, damn. And it was like 70, we're talking about like 70, like that was nerve-wracking because there were like 70 dudes from their front office that was there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 70. And it's just you. And they just everybody just watching you and the defensive back coach just working you out. All right. So they was just like, oh, you're not in shape enough, but you know, we'll have you on some short list or whatever. And then so then I get back and a couple of days later, hey, the Jets, the Packers, and the Colts, they all want to fly you in to work you out. 
And it was like Jets, like consecutively, just like that. I had two weeks because I had to wait to after the combine. I had two weeks to train and get ready for the Jets workout. So I busted my, I mean, I just, I, I busted my butt still while working at damn Macy's. And, um, and they don't even know what's going on. Like they don't even know like none of this, right? They didn't even know I played football. You know what I'm saying? So, um, next thing I know, man, like I'm getting ready. And they tell me the date that I fly out to the Jets. And I'm like, why does that date sound familiar? But I just don't know. Like, so the, so the Jets do, we set up the flight, everything, boom, getting ready to go. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm getting situated. Everything got the time. Okay. Fly out in the morning, get there, you know, take my little ice bath, recover, whatever. Then I'm like, man, it's getting closer. I'm like, there's something about this day. And next thing I go look at the papers, I got court this day, right? So now I'm like, so now I'm like, damn, do oh I do God. I go to court? Do I do I go to court or do I go? Because I'm not missing this workout. You know what I'm saying? I'm not missing this workout. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? But I can't miss the court date. Like I can't. So I call, so I call the Jets or email them or whatever, and I said, hey, there was a death in the family. Like I have to go to this funeral, but I can fly out later. Can you? Are you guys able to push my court date back? I mean, my uh, flight back. And he was like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." You know, sorry to hear about that. And I'm like, oh, "You know, it's okay. It hurts a little bit, but thank you." So um, I go to court. I had to get clearance to even be able to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like the judge had to grant me permission to leave, and my probation officer pissed. Like, but I'm I'm smashing to the to the courthouse. Boom, get dressed up. Okay. Okay, boom. And then my my I think my uh lawyer who was like associated with the team I was with, but he was like part of the mob or something, like the mafia or something. But he got everything like just, I mean, plugged me, bro, like plugged me. So I was able to leave, flew to flew to Philly, uh, I mean New York, uh Jersey, there in New Jersey, flew to New Jersey. I got there probably like eleven o'clock at night, had to like take take my little do my little routine, go to sleep, wake up, and now it's boom, it's go time. I get to this facility, man. Just have a really nice facility. I get there and um, got the workout, right? Like, it's like, you know, I see Rex Ryan. I actually, I go into the locker room to change and there's like Kyle Wilson there. You know what I'm saying? And some of the other dudes from, you know, around the team or whatever. And um, I get ready. Uh, I'm watching the receivers. There's what, David Garrard. He's working yeah. out with some of the receivers. So I'm watching that and they end up signing Garrard. And I'm, and I'm, and then one of the receivers, he like was cramping or something. I'm like, bro, this is your chance. Like, you gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm just watching. So they finished up, and then I do my thing. Uh, uh. But I'm still like not in great shape. Like, cause these workouts, bro, like, first it's nerve wracking just because, you know, all eyes are on you. Right. And then it's just like, it's just you. So it's just like, and you're trying to go as hard as you can every single thing that you do. So I end up doing well. And I remember Coach Dennis Thurman, he's the defensive coordinator, and it was Tim McDonald, who was the defensive back coach. And Dennis Thurman was like, all right, man, we've seen enough. And I'm like, nah, man, like, nah, I'm I, nah. Because I'm in my head, like, I ain't leaving here without a contract. And um, yeah. he's like, nah, we've seen enough. I was like, nah, let me go, let me keep going. He was like, nah, what you need to do is work in them calf races because you ain't got no calves, right? So I'm like, okay, he said a joke. Maybe he liked me, I don't know. So, um, we, uh, they tell me just get dressed and they're going to take us back to the airport. And I'm like, damn, I'm leaving here without a contract. And um, one of the receivers was like, about to go get my physical. Like, they're going to sign me. And I'm like, 
damn, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they come in and they're like, and um, they're going to take you to get a physical, you and the other guy, right? And I'm like, what does that mean? So I, I, I look at the Samoan cuz, right? And he like, oh, man, you know, sometimes they just do this because they want to get, like, see if you're good because they might bring you back at some point. So I'm like, damn, all right. So we're going through it, going through it. My phone probably on like 3%, like, because I'm just in there going, I mean, long ass, like long, uh, it was like a long uh, uh, physical, right? So, I mean, we like two and a half hours in, and I'm just like, damn, damn, phone about to die. And then my agent texts me, don't feel the physical. And I'm like, what? And he was like, if you, as long as you don't feel this physical, they finna sign you. I said, swear to God. And next thing I know, I passed the physical and they ended up signing me. So like, that was kind of just the process of, I know that's a long winded way of how I kind of got that opportunity, but that was, that was how it happened. I mean, I, you, you see Jordan and that's I over crazy. here just, just smiling, man, because just to hear what you went through, man, um, and the fact that you were so transparent about, you know, your struggles and the things that you had to to go through to even get that chance, man. And, you know, my, my biggest regret, bro, like, EC, I'm not, I'm not 6'2", 180. Like, when I played, I was more like a, like Tyron Matthew because right now I'm like 210. So when I played, I'm 5'9". I was like 210, 205 in college. And at D2, like, I, I emulated safeties. Like, I love Bob Sanders from Iowa. I was a big Ed Reed. Ed Reed and Sean Taylor are two of my favorite favorite players in NFL history. Um so I played like this hybrid safety nickel corner role. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I never, I say all that to say, like I never had that opportunity to, to, to have what you have. But my biggest regret, bro, was walking away from football, right? Like I transferred, yeah. I transferred from Division II Shadron State to, at the time they called it 1AA, but now it's FCS. But when I played it was 1AA. Yeah. Um, uh, Texas Southern. And the team was terrible. Like honestly, they had they like were old. Like they didn't win a game in like three years when I transferred there. And it was it's a it's a HBCU, so the facilities suck. Like everything is just like it's just not good. I meant JUCO. Like I had a chance to go JUCO. Some JUCOs are live. Some of them are terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah. I just quit, bro. And my biggest regret is it's it's not that oh I was gonna go to the league. But it was I didn't even get my chance. To sh- I didn't even give myself a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to this day, I'm just like, why did I just like I quit playing? Like, I, I ch- part of it, if I'm being real, like I transferred to Houston, bro, and to go from Shadron, Nebraska, to Houston, Texas, at an HBCU, bro. I wanted to pledge. I wanted to be Greek, and I just wanted to hang out with girls, yeah. like women, bro. You, I was wanted, just you like, wanted that black college experience because people don't understand, dog. Like. And I can't imagine what it's like at like LSU, Notre Dame, but bro, it's I'm in Nebraska in winter workouts. That like I gotta be up at four a.m. to get to the field house for four thirty, like to work out at four, like get there to stretch at four thirty, and you start in winter practices at five a.m. and it's cold as shit outside. I'm just like, bro, I'm tired of doing this. Like for me, and I redshirted as a freshman, and then I started as a redshirt freshman, but I was like. I'm tired of this. Like, I don't want to, like, I just don't want to do this shit no more. Um, But my it's, it's my biggest regret. But what I want to, like, articulate or have you articulate real quickly, man, is the 
just how good. Like it's easy for us to sit back and watch these cats on Sunday and be like, oh, he's trash. Oh, he sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> these cats that is the sorriest dude in the league at eat any normal cat. Like it's these dudes are elite, man. Like it's an elite. Uh, okay. You know what? Go ahead. I, okay, so this is this is my take on it. Nobody in the NFL just sucks, right? Right, right. That's my you know, point. Um, and, and I think that's – but remember, I was a big-time fan before even making it and having that opportunity, right? They're not as good as you think. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are freaks. Like, there are a few freaks. Um, you know, I was there with Antonio Camardi, and we're talking about somebody that really – he's listed at like 6'2", 210 or whatever it was. But dude was legit. I'm 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 damn near six two, and he was towering over me. Like he legit wow. looked six four, and I watched him weighing at two twenty. So and then he just beating everybody in the foot race, right? So like he's a freak. Sheldon Richardson, the things that he was able to do, like he was a freak. Quentin Copos was like a freak, but like kind of lazy, so it never all came yeah, together. Yeah. Muhammad Wilkerson, like you know what I'm saying? Like they're like a few freaks, and I think everybody just thinks like, oh, NFL, like. But, like, there are the freaks, and then there are the Eric Crockers, which make up most of a roster, where it's just like, oh, he's a good football player. You know what I'm saying? But, like, not, like, special, right? Like, there was nothing, like, special about me. Now, the dudes that are like me that just figure it out, like, maybe like a Richard Sherman, right, who wasn't just a top-tier freakish athletic guy, but he just figured it out how he was going to win. Like, you, there's guys that figure that aspect of it out. And sometimes, you know, just depending on – you know, you're you're gonna have more opportunities depending on who you are. But for the most part, like guys aren't necessarily what people think when they think of the NFL and maybe the caliber of players that the NFL has. Good. Like if you're good enough to make it to the NFL, like you are good. But there isn't as much separation between C B three and practice squad corner right. as people think. It's opportunity, man. It's it's the opportunity. You know, the the biggest freak athlete that I've ever seen play. And in high school, I played against DeMarco Murray. He was at Bishop Gorman High School. Ooh. I couldn't stand his ass. I played against DeMarco Murray. My freshman year of high school, Steven Jackson, probably close to a Hall of Famer, was the senior running back at El Dorado High School in Las Vegas. Like, I played against some cats that were pretty good in the league. But Danny Woodhead was the best dude I ever like got to play with, bro. Like, I knew from day one. He was at Chadron, right? Yeah, I we went we were in the same recruiting class together, and uh, yeah. like I remember hearing all this hype about this white boy running back, Danny Woodhead, Danny Woodhead, and I'm like, bro, I played against Stephen Jackson, I played against Demarco Murray, and I'm looking at him like, this dude is the dude, y'all, because you know D two, everybody don't get money, like people don't know that, like right. everybody don't like only the good players get money, and Danny got a full ride. So I'm like, yo, they gave me a three quarter, three fourths of a scholarship, and they gave him a full ride. Like what? Like I'm, I was recruited by Boise State. What are y'all doing? In the right. first padded practice, bro, I'm playing backside corner, and it was a drill. You know the drill where they run a toss sweep to the opposite side of the field, and his DB is supposed to take the angle and cut him off and like yeah. tap him, right? Bro, I'm taking the angle, and I'm, I'm like. Wait a minute. And I'm like, hold up. Let me let me adjust a little bit. Like, maybe I didn't take the right angle. So I'm taking the angle, taking... I couldn't catch him. I'm like, <laughs> So then I get cussed out. The whole defense got to do up-downs because I'm the last guy. I'm back. I'm the last man. I'm supposed to beat him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, just the things that he did and caught, like, 
just best. At, I mean, that dude was cold in track, basketball, got like anything. And you know, you talked about like the NFL guys, like, but the cats who are undrafted free agents that make it and stick around for eight, nine years, like, you're pretty damn good if you could be undrafted. There's and some then- luck involved. There's some luck involved with it, and also like you know, you have to have the talent, right? But I think the, when I say luck, I think it's more so of just really taking advantage of whatever opportunity yes. you get. And you're going to need some injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to need some guys to get hurt. You're going to need yep. uh, them to hopefully not sign a free agent. Like, look at the 49ers right now. Like, just now they just signed Josh Norman. Like, you know, if you're the yeah. corner that was, you know, undrafted or, you know, you were planning on trying to make the team, but then, like, damn, they went and signed Norman. Like, that was my chance to maybe get moved yeah. up onto active roster or something. It just didn't happen. Like, you know, you you need some level of kind of luck to go your way when you are the sixth round, seventh round undrafted guy because you you're you don't get the same amount of opportunities. Like, I remember being in camp, like OTAs, training camp, preseason, and, like, I'd get for every – so they'd give first group five reps, second group five reps, first group five reps, second group five reps, Third group, three reps. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And like, I can't mess up on these three reps, and I got to make the most of just this opportunity because I might not get another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully a ball is thrown at me. If not, like, I just got to be on point with everything. Like, it's – you don't get a lot of opportunities. And I saw guys get let go. I mean, you know, and it not even be their fault. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the the business aspect of it, man, like – so let's it's, have some fun here. Let's have some fun yeah. here. Because Jordan always says that if he lined up against me right now 10 times, oh, he, no. he, thinks, oh, he, no. he thinks that he could beat me. I still me. hear y'all. You, you okay. keep going. I, I hear y'all. Jay J- Rich thinks he could beat me. I'm playing corner. He's at receiver. If you had to put your money – and Jordan, just for, just, for, just for clarity, never played organized football. Uh, whoa, whoa, He's whoa, never played organized whoa. football. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to tell my story. Be brief because we ain't going to keep Croc too long. Uh, Be brief. So I, I was, a, I was a, a slightly younger EC. You know, I, I had my troubles education-wise. So, you know, I got recruited a little bit. I had a coach one time tell me, hey, Jordan, you were pretty good. You had two touchdowns in the game. So how about you come, you know, for a workout, whatever. I'm like, coach, man, I can't. I failed chemistry. Like I got a 50 right now. So I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's even worse than what you guys got. You guys got to get the grades for us. If we don't have the grades, we don't have nothing. Like, and this was a big time school. Get to it. You did, you, you did, you're talking about. I Madden. played D2 in suburban Toronto and my team was terrible, but I was one of the best players and you I, played I D2 think I have what? what? Six inches on you. You Bro, D2 nothing. D2 fucking dumpster fire league. Like, it was terrible. AC, it wasn't AC, good. who you got your money on, bro? This dude ain't never... You can tell he ain't played football. Who you got your money on? Ten, ten yeah. routes. How many catches you think Jordan to get on me? He, he might get two. Maybe, right? All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. All right. Yeah, two? Maybe. Like, and that... I mean, but... Receivers are supposed to win one-on-ones. Like, you're supposed to win, like, 90% of them. So... Yeah. Winning 20% of them isn't... E, let me tell you what would happen. Let me tell you what would happen. The very first route, I would hurt his sternum so bad that he wouldn't want to... I, I would, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like Trayvon Diggs. I'm going to, I'm going to 
I am going to jam the shit out of his midsection. I am going, I am going to light his chest up. And he ain't gonna want to run any more routes. But I, I want to talk to you. Jay, you know I love you, baby. You know I love you. But look, I need to know, and the people need to know why you, Mr. Locked On 49ers, Mr. Eric Crocker, why you hate Mac Jones so much. Why <laughs> did you hate Mac Jones so much? And I need to ask you, and I need you to keep it a buck. Who looked better this preseason, Mac Jones or Trey Lance? All right, uh, I'd say a lot of it is it's, it's like subjective, <laughs> right? It's like okay, so, on NFL so draft hosts for the same for the, so for the same reasons that I prefer Clip Trey this, Lance Jay. to Clip Mike this. Jones are are the same things that I saw in the preseason, right? So first of all, I don't hate Mac Jones. All right, like so, <laughs> I think that Mac Jones is very good and he's really good at what he does, right? I also believe that he's kind of maxed out in the sense of what he's going to be. Now, if he gets to become just even better than we're talking about, just a super efficient, potentially uh, maybe what we've seen from Matt Ryan, maybe, right? Maybe what we've seen from like Kirk Cousins, I think that would be good. And yeah. uh, you know, I know you, you know, Ray didn't like that, but like, I mean, Cousins has thrown for 5,000 yeah. yards in yeah. the season. Um, I thought he had a terrific year last year. He's thrown for like over 90 touchdowns in his last three seasons. So, you know, there's a lot of good with Cousins. I, I think that's a high-level quarterback and potentially a top uh, 10 quarterback maybe in the NFL. Like, it's questionable, but I think he's hovering around that, of uh, being that kind of guy, right? But there's a reason why Kirk Cousins will likely never be a top five quarterback. And he just doesn't have those elite trait intangibles. So the way I look at it is I, I want the guy that can overcome the X's and O's. When stuff starts to get real for you, can you make a play that's maybe not there to be made, right? When I watched 49ers in the Super Bowl and they got Jimmy Garoppolo, there were plays where, man, the, the, the Chiefs just made the elite plays because they have elite players. And the 49ers... And in key times with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback did not make the play. Like if he could have just scrambled for one first down in that fourth quarter, 49ers would have won. But he can't because he can't play above the X's and O's. So when I look at Mac Jones, I think he's kind of that caliber of guy. Can he be really good? Can he be efficient? Can he be statistically a top 10 quarterback in the league? Yeah. But when he's going head up head up with these other guys you have to hope that everything around Mac Jones is going to be ideal because if it's not then there's he's always going to be missing that one little something as opposed to having a Trey Lance where you look at Trey Lance and I think we saw like whoa this is a high ceiling right big rocket arm explosive plays making plays with his legs firing balls, I'm threading the needle, the way he's pushing the ball down the field, like not settling for, you know. Now his, where where does he lack? Like, well, there's, you're, you're missing the consistency, right? Now, right now you get the consistency from Mac Jones. But when Trey Lance gets the consistency, which you hope that he will based on what you know about him, the intelligence, the hard work worker he is, the work ethic, all those things, the great personality, if he becomes what you think he can become from what he has shown, right? Like the high end of what he has shown, the league is in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I look at it. Like if you were 
a team, say you're the, the Rams, you're the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals, and the 49ers are on the clock, who do you think they want the 49ers to take? Mac Jones or Trey Lance? It's going to be Mac Jones because they don't want they don't want to deal with the other aspect of what Trey Lance brings, like the things that you can't game plan for, the things you can't scheme for. There's things that Trey Lance is going to do well, some things he might struggle with, and they'll figure those things out. But then there's going to be those things that you just can't prepare for. Whereas opposed to Mac Jones, teams will start to scheme for him. And if things aren't ideal, if he can't drop back and just get the ball out of his hands right now, what type of trouble would he run into? More times than not, he's probably going to be still good. But when it matters most, and those games are online, those big-time moments, you see Patrick Mahomes drop back and throw a ball 60 yards in the air on a dime to Tyreek Hill down the field on a play that was not there to be had, right? right? Can Mac Jones make those plays or compete against that? See, and the only person that's really been able to do that is like Tom Brady. So it's like it's hard for me to think like he's so gonna be Tom Brady. This this is my thing with it. I think there are multiple ways in which a quarterback can win at the NFL, and I think we've seen success from different quarterback archetypes. I think we've seen success from the the older kind of quarterback, the statute pocket passer. We've seen the Peyton Mannings and the Drew Breeses of the world. We and and, and I know that's that's elite Hall of Fame. And I'm not, I'm not, I am not comparing Mac Jones to any of those guys. I'm just saying. Are you just saying skill set? Like yes, skillset. that skill set. You've also seen uh, the quarterbacks who can play uh, ab- outside of the X's and O's. And I loved how you said that. Out, like when, if everything breaks down, like is the quarterback just going to like fall down and take a sack, throw it out of bounds, or can they make a play? And I, th- I think we've seen. I mean, we can go back so many years, back to to Steve McNair and and the and those type of quarterbacks who have just have an ability to move around, manipulate the pocket, and push the ball downfield. And I think there's a third there's a third quarterback because, in my opinion, Mac Jones isn't just Joe Flacco statute. He is really good with manipulating the pocket, moving, sliding, stepping up the feel, the presence. Um, it's, it's not, he was the best at that in his class, like without a doubt, but there's no, I'm not going to sit here and BS you or BS the people. He's got the weakest of, of all five of the major quarterbacks. He had the, the, the lowest velocity on any pass. He does. I mean, he just, he doesn't have a cannon of an arm. What, what I liked about Mac Jones was he had every opportunity to leave Alabama and go start at Akron go start at UCF, go start at Cal, and he stayed. And the year that Tua got hurt, he came in and he played really well, man. Like, And even going into last season, I think everybody thought that the kid Bryce Young was going to take his job. I did. I was like, Bryce Young going to be starting by week four. And the fact that you can mentally overcome that, stay, get your shot, you got the five-star kid behind you, Bryce Young didn't touch the field. Like, he had 130 passing yards last year in mop-up time in the game. He didn't touch the field. I, I just think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think if 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 Mac Jones hits his ceiling, whatever that is, it's still going to be lower than Zach Wilson if Zach Wilson hits his ceiling, if Justin Fields hits his ceiling, and if Trey Lance hits his ceiling. I still think it's below those guys. And I just want to tell you, and for everybody listening, I had Trey Lance ranked over Mac Jones. I had Justin Fields yeah. ranked over Mac. My whole thing 
was the narrative around him not being good. And that's all. And Jordan, yeah. you've been there from the beginning. I remember in October, I said, this kid's going to be a first round pick. I was like, yeah. he's going to get a shot. And I didn't think, I never thought it would be number three. I always said like New England or, or New Orleans seemed like the best logical landing spots for me. Like somewhere behind a veteran where he could learn, he could fit that system. But I never had him over Trey Lance. I think if San Francisco drafted him, I think he'd be operating the offense efficiently. I really would. Well. He I, would. I, I think he'd he be would. further along right now than where Trey Lance is. At, at this yeah. moment, I think he's the most him in the whole pro ready thing. That can mean a whole bunch of different things. I, I know he could play right now. I think Mac can play right now in the NFL and do well, but there's no question. I just want you to know, Trey yeah. Lance, like it went, if, if they each hit, their maximum of what they could be, then Trey Lance, I mean, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right up there with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to let you get out of here without talking Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, and why you hated Jamar Chase so much during the pre-draft process. <laughs> why did you hate Jamar Chase so much? Everybody said he's the best receiver since Julio Jones, and it was like me, you, and a couple other people, and I'm like, bro, he ain't even the best receiver in the class. It, it, and you're going back to Julio. I don't even think he's a better prospect than Amari Cooper. Like people forget how damn good yeah. Cooper yeah. was at Bama. Like I just, I, I, I don't know. And this has nothing to do with what we've seen right now. But why were you not as bullish on Jamar Chase as everybody in the world? It seemed like uh, when when I watched him. So the way I kind of evaluate receivers and cornerbacks, right? I kind of use myself as a kind of a starting point, right? Like, what was I good at? What, what did I struggle at? What did I wish I could do? What type of receivers gave me problems based on, like, my size, my ability? What type of uh, receivers did I have more success against? What type of receivers do I hate to guard? So I start to kind of look at it from that standpoint and then even factor in more talented cornerbacks against that same type of guy, all right? So look at Jamar Chase, and I'm watching him, and I, I think I think a lot of it, what it was, was that people, people, they see the splash plays, and they see the way that he's winning down the field, and then they watch highlights, and then they look at maybe who it was against, and they're like, well, well he did this against Diggs, he did this play against Terrell, right? And they look at all the great stuff, they look at all the great things that he did, then they looked at the statistics, had a historically great season in the SEC, which is amazing. But I look at guys as prospects and not so much like their stats. And then I also try to factor in, how does this guy win, right? Like, how does he win? And then with the True. way that he wins, how does that translate to the next level, right? And how are guys going to defend him based on the way that he wins? So I looked at Jamar Chase. And for every play where he did score that touchdown on Diggs or did score that touchdown or two on Terrell, there are 10 plays where he's creating absolutely zero separation. Now, you can win in the NFL without creating separation. But I have to project, is that something that he's going to be able to do consistently? Because in college, it really wasn't consistent. Like... Again, the people were telling me, well, he invites contact. He loves playing through contact. He, you know, like he, he said he likes to feel the guy on him. 
But it's like, well, what about, you know, and we can see the catch. Okay, ooh, that was a great 50-50 catch. But what about them breaking up this slant right here because he didn't create separation? What about them breaking up this comeback right here because he didn't create separation? What about this interception against Auburn down the field because the quarterback just has to trust that he's going to catch the ball at the catch point and there's no separation? So there were there were a lot of instances of that, just guys just completely getting hands on him and the LSU trying to figure out different ways to kind of scheme him open or get him to win, sometimes in space. And again, that's not to say that he doesn't have a tremendous traits to be very good. But when I compare him to like Devontae Smith, who, you know, I, again, when I'm evaluating guys, I don't look at their height, their weight, all that. I let their film tell me who this guy is, right? So when I'm watching Devontae Smith, if I take away the fact that he's 6'1", 130 pounds, right? If I don't look at that aspect of it and I'm just looking at based on his, you know, and I'm making a checklist of how he's playing, right? Um... Uh, speed, terrific. Watch him run a goal route on Stingley, just run right by him, yeah. 80-yard touchdown. Uh, you know, uh, uh, releases, terrific. Like, guys can't touch him. Uh, routes, terrific. Plays with good uh, speed, um, very fluid, in and out of his breaks, works back to the ball extremely well, catches the ball away from his hands, great. All right, how does he play uh, through contact? Terrific. Guy got hands on him, still caught the ball away from his body uh, several times against uh, uh, Georgia. Terrific. Um, how is he on 50-50 balls? Well, jumped on this guy from Ole Miss, jumped on this guy from Georgia, jumped on this guy right here. Like, you know, and it's like, well, he's checking every single box. And then they started saying, well, he lacks speed. But it's like, well, if he lacks speed, then what does Stingley <laughs> lack? When, and everybody thinks he's the best cornerback since Patrick Peterson. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just ran straight by, like, just... I'm just running straight and ran by him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like- and I disagree with I, that as well. And I love Stingley and I disagree with that when people say that, but we could, that's another topic for another Yeah, but day. I'm just saying- Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. But I'm saying like, that's what they're telling me, right? Like yeah. I haven't dove in deep enough, but that's what they're telling me. So I just looked at those things and I'm comparing the two guys and I'm really, I really wanted to even have Chase lower, but I felt like out of respect for what he did in the yeah. SEC, and and not wanting to overthink the way that he has to win and just saying, you know what, he'll figure it out at the next level. I had him at wide receiver too. But I actually liked Terrence Marshall more. Like, mm. I know I like Marshall okay. more. You know what I'm saying? I've said that on podcasts where it's like, I like Marshall more, but just the, the thought of what Chase could possibly be if it comes together is like, well, now you're talking about a tremendous prospect. So I had Smitty at one. I had uh, Chase at two, and I had Marshall at three. And, uh, yeah. I mean, well, so well, now we see some struggles a little bit. They're like, well, it's it's, it's preseason. Uh, well, he didn't play last year and all this. And it's like, well, yeah, I got the same goddamn issues that he had in college. Yeah. But in college, there were just times where you'd see the big play, but then there were a lot of this going on too. So I'm not, like, surprised. And that's not to say he can't be good. That's not to say that he won't overcome these issues. I'm just saying – these issues were real and they were there. And guys like myself, you, we pointed those things out. And there were other people too that maybe just didn't have the loud enough voice that would, when I put something out there, they'd be like, dude, like, I thought I was crazy. Like, I thought yeah. I was crazy for thinking that. I thought I was crazy for seeing this. Like, it's good. I'm glad to see that there's somebody out there that I respect their opinion that agrees with what I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah. And again, that doesn't mean he's going to stick. So if he goes off for 1,300 yards this year, my mentions are going to flood with people that are going to get on me about it. But it's like, I had him at wide receiver two. 
I had yeah. AJ Brown tweeted me, but then he deleted it. He quote tweeted, and somebody pulled up something that I had said about AJ Brown prior to him being yeah, drafted. Yeah, yeah. And I said, and 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 maybe he maybe he didn't read the full tweet at first, but I was just like, man, like AJ Brown, like. The only thing he's missing is just that like separation right now. Like if he gets that, I mean, we're talking about the best receiver in this class. And then he quote tweeted and was like, "It's always somebody trying to hate on you." Yeah, like, come on. I just said you could be the best receiver in this class. Like you're my yeah. you're my wide receiver too behind DK. Like, bro, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. He deleted it, and I was and I tweeted him like, "Bro, I saw that tweet. Like, I said you were good. I said you could potentially <laughs> right. I'm not gonna receiver. I'm not gonna sit here and disrespect you, bro. I'm just telling you what it. So Jay, before we get out of here, do you have anything you want to ask ask Crocker, man? So the one question I do want to ask you in particular is you were talking about your evaluation, right? And like for me with wide receivers, it starts at the line. But you were talking about how you start, you base it off of you. What what did right. I struggle with? What was I good at? Who are the guys, like if you were to pick wide receivers in the NFL right Ooh. now, who are the guys you think you could take based off of what you were good at? No. And maybe not, maybe not fully, right? But based on what you, what you were good at, and then as well, who are the guys who would really give you problems? Like yeah, give what, us give us a feel yeah. as to who was good, who would be good against you, who you'd be good against, and who would like whoop your ass because it's just so, a skill set you're not good at. So typically dudes that like are built like me, you know, six, really? you know, I played at damn near six two, you know, 195 to 200 pounds. And it's typically gonna be the smaller, quicker, shiftier guys that are gonna give guys like me more trouble. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if you were to say, and people ask me this, would you rather guard uh Devontae Smith or would you rather guard Jamar Chase? I would rather guard Jamar Chase. Now, that's not me disrespecting or saying that I think I'm going to win every battle, but I know one thing with Jamar Chase, you know, and me and my prime. I would be there, like, you know what I'm saying, at the catch point. Now, whether he makes the catch, whether I knock the ball away, whatever, yeah, that's to be determined, but I know I'm going to be there, and I would be confident with knowing that when I line up. I know I don't have to rush. I don't know. I don't have to be in a panic. I can be very patient with my technique. I can work my steps. I can get hands-on. I'd actually be more aggressive at the line of scrimmage with him than I would, like, a Smith. I'd get hands-on. And then from that point, it's just like, all right, like, now now this is when the battle is going to really start. Like, what am I going to do at the catch point? With Smith, I don't know if I'm going to be there. Like, I don't know if I'm going to – you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you watch what he does against guys. Like, I loved uh, J.C. Horn. But you watch what he, you know what I'm saying? Just uh, slant, crib, touchdown. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to get a hand on him. I have to actually be more patient against him than I do uh, Jamar Chase. Like, so it's him, uh, the Odell Beckhams, who, you know, they're going to get skinny right now. And, you know, I'd rather guard Landry than Odell. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I just look at it from that standpoint of, of, you know, the, the type of receiver. But then, I mean, if we're just saying in general, I mean, nobody wants to guard Julio Jones because he's a combination of everything, yeah. right? Like, he's a freaking when you, when you ask, we can all have our opinions on who we think the best receiver is, but you ask dudes in the NFL and they're like, Julio Jones. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the toughest because he's big, he's fast, he's running away from you, he runs in the four threes, he's fluid, he's a great route runner. Like, that, you don't want, and then he could jump on your head. Like, you don't want to have to guard him. But just more, you know, a broad standpoint, I'd say Chase, Smitty, I'd rather guard uh, Chase because yeah. I feel like I'm going to be there whether I make the play or down. not. He is a from down. that standpoint. But, well, yeah. just tell us, you, you taught us a lot of um, 
struggles and trials that you've gone through, um, your story, your background, childhood. Uh, you're doing some positive things right now, and you're building your sports performance facility. Just what what is that, man? And and just real quick, so we can get you out of here. Just tell us about that. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been training athletes for the last five years in California. You know, I moved out here, and I actually I talked talked to you about like having to pivot, right? When I first came out here, it was to finish getting my degree, and I was supposed to be a student assistant on the coaching staff, right? I came out here, and my wife was entering a nursing program. I came out here, and the coach started acting funny. And everything that I thought was going to happen did not happen. So I had to pivot. Got this random job, um, started training athletes in the area. Eventually, I wanted to really go all in and take my training to the next level. So I just quit the job, cold turkey, went all in training athletes, started going up real big to the point where myself and I guess he's a buddy now. But I would say if you want to look at him as an investor, um, he was like, look, man, I think there's an opportunity here to build a big facility. So we got to working and drawing everything out. 12,000 square foot building going up. I met with the business person at the, over the business department in, at the university. She said, look, these are the numbers. This is how much it's going to cost. If you you know go in there with this, you're going to be in the negative. So you have to figure out a way to come up to where the numbers aren't. You're not in the red. And so I just said, all right, I'm just going to go harder with my streaming stuff. You know, I make about $600 a month. Of my streaming at that time, recording this Striking Gold 49ers podcast, let me go harder and see what comes from it. So I hit up Ray GQ. Hey, man, how does Patreon work? He 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 told So this is what's going on. So Ray, Ray hit me. I mean, he responded right away. told me, like, look, Croc, woo, woo, really, you'd be stupid to not do this. So he's like, so and boom, I, said I got that into too. I told him that, too. Yeah. I was like, you'd be stupid <laughs> not to me. do this. Got into that. And then people were like, hey, you need to get into YouTube. Start going to the YouTube. Everything started coming together. And then boom, locked on 49ers. Okay, let's go. Then boom, locked on NFL draft. So now it's like, like, okay, I need to really go. I mean, I'm going all in on my training stuff. But now it's like, I'm just factoring in like, okay, I got two things now. And they, you know, just keep them going up. So I'm in a great place now. And I really want to, you know, kind of stress this to people too about kind of being an entrepreneur, because essentially that's what I am. Uh, until you really go all in, you're not going to get the results that you want. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're always going to... And actually, I heard Ray, G, Ray GQ, I remember before we even really had a conversation, but I remember you put out a video, I think you were working out and stuff, and you were talking about how, you know, people kind of made fun of you or people talked down on, on your thoughts on you really going all in on the, on the media side of things. And basically kind of doubting that you could do it. And one thing I've learned is, like, that's how losers think, right? Like, losers always yeah. think about the worst that can happen. Mm. Winners think about, you know, what's going to happen if I don't do this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, if I don't go all in on the gym, if I don't go all in on my podcasting, my streaming, my media stuff, like, am I going to keep working these weak-ass jobs that I don't really want to go to? You know what I'm saying? So you go all in. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about it or you're on the bubble and – it's tough. Like I did that with a family with no security. You know what I'm saying? But I went all in and it really forced me to make it happen. I made it happen. Now my wife, you know what I'm saying? Shoot, she she can't work right now. She's in nursing school. Like she's not done till May. I pay every bill. You know what I'm saying? I pay every car. I pay every uh, everything. You know what I'm saying? We going to Atlanta on Thursday. Like I pay that. Like, and I would not be in this position if I did not go all in. So if you're on the border about something that you want to do, just figure out how to do it. And I will say this too, though. I've been doing stuff like this for years without getting paid. So it was a big time passion of mine, like between training athletes, talking football, 
like that that's my life like that's what I love doing that's my passion so I was willing to do that for free I was really willing to go on all these radio do all these radio hits go on anybody and everybody's podcast to kind of get my name out there and start to talk about some of my expertise on these prospects more people start eating me up. One thing led to another. And then now I have these different opportunities, but it really was just kind of putting yourself out there and really going all in. And again, I've been doing this stuff for years. It wasn't until I went all in to where I really started to, you know, uh, read the benefits of it. So Eric Crocker folks, Eric Crocker, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, the C-R-O-C-K-E-R, big crocky. Go to his YouTube channel, subscribe at Croc Talk TV. And check him out all over Twitter, all over the airwaves, 49ers. He's going to have everything Trey Lance oriented. He's going to keep y'all up to date, NFL Draft. Uh, EC, man, thank you for for coming on the Black Box. Uh, Jordan and I appreciate the conversation, your candidness, your openness, your hustle, your grind, your spirit, your mentality, your motivation, man. When I say I mean this from the bottom of my heart, um... I'm a little bit older than you, but I look up to your grind, man. Like, I, I really do. The way you carry yourself, the way you handle yourself on social media, um, and just to see how much you've grown since we had that conversation not even a year ago is, is inspiring to Jordan and myself and for a lot of other people.